0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this
1: is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter.
0: What's better than this guy? Dudes, here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the show. We're taking a quick pause from our series on covering the rookie quarterbacks from the 2018 NFL Draft that were first rounders, and we had to get Takes on Takes in, and so we're doing it, and we're doing it live on Twitch. So we're taking uh, several takes that were were sent into to us throughout the course of the week. But if there are some good ones in the comments section, Kyle and I will get to those as well. And uh, uh, Kyle didn't have a victory Monday, but it feels like a victory Tuesday a for victory him. victory Tuesday.
1: Yeah. What's yes. up, man? I uh, just got done watching the Dolphins presser with Stephen Ross and Chris Greer talking about uh, sustainable success and pretty much through everything the Dolphins have done for the last decade under the bus saying you can't sign a couple – older free agents and call it a day and expect to compete for championships. So music to my ears as a draft guy, let's get weird. Uh, the dolphin stuff that's going back up in the man cave. Oh, man. I felt you won't understand this reference because you don't watch Star Wars.
0: Oh, no, but I,
1: definitely not. But I posted a video.
0: And, I watched you know, that video. I had you know, no idea this, what the hell was going on. This
1: change comes with the understanding that Ryan Tannehill not going to be the head coach next year. Mike Tannenbaum is out as the VP of operations, and Adam Gates is no longer the head coach. And it's the scene from the end of episode six of Star Wars where the Ewoks have the party after Darth Vader and the, the evil emperor die. And it's this big, joyous celebration and party, and we're banging on stormtroopers' helmets, and everybody's hugging each other and kissing, and 3PO's walking around. No, no idea what's going on. Just hoping nobody pulls his arms off or anything like that. And that, that kind of sums up the expectation. And Matty Ice is very crushed to hear the that. I have, why is he surprised by this? Joe hasn't watched anything. So, yeah, Victory Tuesday. Let's, uh, let's get takes on takes in. I'm real pumped.
0: Uh, here's my only comment on this Dolphin situation. As a Bills fan, you hate yep. to see Tannenbaum, Gase, and Tannehill on the way out. You just hate to see it. Because I like that direction. Oh. And there's Logan Thomas, the cat.
1: Yes, Logan, the cat. Yeah, here, that too. block.
0: That would you see that block? You saw that
1: block, right? No, I it. didn't watch anything other than Eight. Tannehill's well, two interceptions. Yeah, and, I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna send you a little gif of that later. Okay. On. I'm not gonna watch it. So you yeah, you, yeah, you are. You're gonna watch. It. Ah! All right, here. All right, we got takes. Well, who's first. Who gives the first uh, one?
1: I am giving you the first take because you claimed that when you had the victory on Sunday. Okay. okay.
0: I don't
1: okay. know what this means, but let's go. No, I mean, y- your team won on Sunday, so you get the first eight. Oh,
0: Oh, the Bills, the Bills. Okay, got oh. you, got you.
1: All right. Andrew, uh, Daniel Jones just feels like the next John Elway, doesn't he? Question mark. Hashtag take.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because your cat's tail. You know, is just coming across the screen.
1: Okay, here we go.
0: Uh, Daniel Jones feels like the next John Elway. I feel like he's being a little bit sarcastic here, obviously. But it's interesting because uh, I put out a mock draft today, or Monday, on Draft Network. And I mocked Daniel Jones to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number seven overall. And guess who also did that today? Matt Miller, Bleacher Report.
1: So uh, we are monsters. You just (laughs) want Duvall down and out forever, don't you?
0: We do. We do. Um, Look, Daniel Jones, if you watch his tape, he is not worthy of a top ten selection. He's not worthy of a first-round selection. Uh, he's got some tools that are intriguing, mostly his size and his dual threat ability. He doesn't necessarily have great arm talent, uh, but when you think about him making spot throws, being able to uh, to execute kick quick game, to be able to extend plays with his feet and create with his legs, you think about him in Jacksonville, maybe with the way they want to play offense, that he can be a fit. Now, is he the next John Elway? No, we're talking about one of the most supremely physically gifted quarterbacks in the history of the NFL in John Elway and Daniel Jones, who's probably an Alex Smith type Prospect in terms of physical upside, so no, he's not the next John Elway. I know that there was some sarcasm in that take there, uh, but uh, a good opportunity to touch on uh, on uh Jones and obviously talk about that mock draft.
1: What if he wasn't being sarcastic? I think he was. What if he wasn't? Well, then that's bless him, bless him, <laughs> <laughs> that's bless him. All right. All right, here we go. Either here we one. go. Give it to me.
0: Okay, okay, I, I'm canceling this. Dolphins take.
1: Why? Um, Mark- uh, well, it involves trading Adam Gase to Cleveland, so yeah, that's we're out there. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So here's here's one. John Owning, he didn't even know what he was getting into with this because this wasn't necessarily yeah. a hashtag. John takes on takes. But, this is, but this is a clever one. People can do this. I like this, though. People can do this. If you see a take and you want us to react to it, hit us with the, the, the hashtag as a reply, and we will get to it. So John Owning says – swiss is still the worst cheese and i think uh is it jr he responded with takes on takes and we got to get to the style <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what do we think here swiss the worst type of cheese out there
1: swiss is the best cheese Ooh, the best the best ham and swiss the i know best. joe joe you probably like like what do you like like gouda I like Mike mozzarella or a monster. Monsterella is a close second for me monster. Eh. And I, I know I'm the king of unpopular opinions. Apparently I've got three people thrashing me in the comments about Swiss being the best cheese. Swiss is excellent. Now there's varying degrees of Swiss, but I digress. If I get, if I go to the grocery store and I get some boar's head, shout out to, to Carter, right? I get some good boar's head Swiss cheese. I could I could just eat it straight.
0: Swiss isn't the worst cheese though. I think that's what's important from this take. It's not the worst cheese.
1: Correct. I think we need to do Swiss or cheese big boards. Oh boy. I don't I'm not that big of a cheese guy. You know what I Next mean? That I could- How the hell are you not a cheese guy? I can do get I rid of carbs. To them? I can do whatever whatever else. All right.
0: All right. Let's move on.
1: All right. So I'm gonna take a, a take from uh, the comments from Smash Jackson. Okay. Again, we are twitch.tv slash The Draft Network. Come join us and party. The best QB in the 2019 draft will not be taken in the first round.
0: Ooh, that's wild. Okay, I think the best quarterback in the 2019 NFL draft is Dwayne Haskins. It's
1: Haskins in. Oh, that's what he's getting at.
0: Yeah, Haskins is in.
1: He's in. I think he's yeah, going to declare. I think he has to be in, but, yeah. but even still, is there anybody – like, does Drew Locke fall and maybe turn into something?
0: There, were, In my mock draft, I put Drew Locke second round of the Redskins, and there were a lot of people that replied and said, why are you so down on Drew Locke? And maybe that's a good question for you to answer. But uh, I, I I thought it was pretty normal to have him mid-R2. Maybe I thought that was even a
1: high. I know that you certainly do. Last week, I gave Drew Locke to Denver in the second round, and everybody was pissed off that I gave him to him. <laughs> they are like, "Now nah, we're out. What do you do? Maybe Maybe it was the Paxton Lynch comp that I gave him. I don't know. That's bad. That's bad. All right. right. Okay,
0: here here we go. You're getting one here. Um, I like this one for you. This comes from Trent. Greedy Williams, LSU cornerbacks, work ethic slash effort concerns are going to manifest in the NFL, and he's going to have a career reminiscent of Justin Gilbert.
1: Well, I can tell you, I keep doing other corners, and they keep grading out better than greedy. So, um, I'm he not liked- particularly. He's too hit or miss for me, mm-hmm. and I don't think his transitional quickness is especially good. Uh, he struggles to locate the ball over his shoulder. Sound like Justin Gilbert? I could see where he's going with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. You would like to think he's not gonna be that bad because Gilbert was a total bomb. But at the same time and I don't think Greedy's gonna be that kind of athlete that would prop him up in that respect. So I think his his film resume is is gonna be what gets him drafted higher and his ceilings certainly very high, where you know, you kind of knew coming in, um, Gilbert was raw to begin with. So I'm gonna pass on that take as the next Justin Gilbert, but he is certainly boomer bust. And I did, I did DeAndre Baker. The other day, and I, the under Baker graded out higher for me. So, uh, when we do the positional updates and the big board updates in January, like tomorrow and Wednesday, <laughs> um, there's going to be some changes in the corner. And Greedy's not going to be a top three corner for me. All right. There's a hot take for you. Okay. Uh, take from uh, Logan Hidrogo. Have to give you, considering you're wearing the, the Cavs shirt, yep. Yep. this is a Cavs take. Yep. Virginia will have a player drafted on all three days. Here's where it gets specific. Day one, Hall. Day two, Zacchaeus. Day three, Ellis.
0: All right. So, obviously, this was sent in before it was announced that Bryce Hall was returning for his senior season to Virginia. So, uh, he's not getting drafted in day one. Um, And, obviously, when... no, Juan Hor- Thornhill is a day two safety, and so that's the guy that I think is day two. Zacchaeus, I think is a very day good day day three yeah. guy in terms of him yeah. being a dynamic slot guy that can do some some different things. Ellis is a good running back. I think he has a chance to get drafted. Uh, very sp- spoken very very highly uh, about from people around the program about his character and his work ethic, and uh, you know he's he's got a pretty modest skill set, but. Uh, you think about a guy that you think can produce in the NFL, but also has that great football character. He'll get drafted. So uh, Bryce Hall back to school uh, gets rid of that first round conversation for a calf and, and Bronco Mendenhall has done a great job of recruiting his own players. Think about Kaiser and, that, and uh, who's that safety from last year? Blanding, uh, Andrew Brown, all these guys go back. Bryce Hall this year, Thornhill went back. And yeah. so uh, he's recruiting his own guys. And I, I think that's, we just need to, be very cautious when we think about UVA players coming out early because they just don't do it so I, I liked where this was going but I have to say that it is not going to materialize now, if,
1: if Hall was in you would agree though
0: no because I didn't he had uh, Zacchaeus as the day two pick and I don't but think you, that's
1: but you would agree with the first half oh, of that, that there were yeah, who's on each right year,
0: three I, I would swap out Thornhill with with Zacchaeus as the
1: day Zaccheaus two guys so. back to three yeah. yeah
0: all right Kyle this one comes from I, I liked it. where'd it go where'd it go where'd it go Uh, This one comes from R.J. Scorpion. Uh, Even with Corbett not contributing, the Browns 2018 draft class is the deepest and maybe the single best draft class of all time. Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, Janard Avery, and Antonio Callaway. That's three studs and two contributors in one year. Hashtag takes on takes.
1: There's a lot of sauce on this take. A lot of sauce. It's hot. I don't know. Wasn't there... What was the draft? Didn't Warren? Didn't the like the Ravens got like? Did, wasn't there Ray Lewis class like super outrageous? Yeah, and the Bucks. The Bucks had. I was a- gonna say the Bucks had Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks in the same class. Yeah, something Is that right? Super like
0: that right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean, me. It. We could get there, but I'm not gonna be able to answer that for like 20 years. You know, like <laughs> there's. I seem to remember a couple draft classes that. What was the the Bills had one too, right? Yeah, like mid eighties. Yeah, they
0: have, like yeah, they have they, they've had some doozies, and I'm like going to embarrass myself here that I can't just like spit that out. But yeah, the what Bills. What are had you some, good
1: for? I'm not much. Just just the Showing introduction. In and the Having dogs bark in the background. I don't. Know. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll pass on that take. But uh, in recent memory. Uh, I do think they have the best performing class this year, even though the Colts have an outstanding class this year, and the Saints had an outstanding class last year because right. there's a quarterback involved.
0: Bottom line, it's just too early to tell.
1: Correct. Uh, we got a lot of good takes in the comments, Joe. Uh, um, Mike Mayock and John Gruden will not get along from K.A. Josiah.
0: I think they're going to get along just
1: fine. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think that's the uh, the appeal, right? yeah that's I, why you get a guy like mike mayock
0: 100 percent. yeah i think that that is absolutely the appeal uh I, I we've spent a lot of time around mike mayock at the senior bowl and different events throughout the last few years and i, I gotta be honest with you i think he's a, a consummate pro i mean and he's got a lot of personality to go with that and i think that him and, him and Gruden will mesh well. I just get a little bit concerned with the power struggle piece of this because, you know, football guys are all alphas, right? Big-time alpha yeah. personalities. Mike Mayock is is he, he walks into a room, you know what you're dealing with, okay? And so same thing with Gruden. And so when we're talking about big decisions, we're talking about how many first-round picks over the next two seasons, all these uh, draft capital, like, at a historic amount. And, and so who's going to have that final say and who's going to have the big influence – it could get a little weird, but you want to talk about a couple of guys that uh, will be just be dudes, right? You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be pounding brewskis on Friday nights. They're going to have a lot of fun together. It's just hope that they can, they can I'm get can Yeah, yes, yeah. Let's go. They can, if they can get together, they can get on one accord, I think they can do some things because I, I, I have a lot of respect for Mike Mayock. But uh, we'll see. That's going to be a fun marriage there. Uh, all right.
1: Here we go. Give it to me. Come on.
0: Okay, I like this one. This comes from Jesse Kenneth Coon. The Cardinals will trade out of the number one overall pick and use all the acquired draft capital to carpet bomb the offensive line.
1: Say this one more time. Cardinals will trade out of the number one pick and use all the acquired draft capital to carpet bomb the offensive line. Yep. I think the Cardinals need elite football players. The Cardinals are a roster for me. You're going you're gonna to have a real hard time convincing me that they should be trading out because they, they need difference makers. And I'm going to pass on that take. I think you can get all – Joe, we've talked about this the last two shows of Draft Dudes talk about offensive line free agency. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'll be damned. The more I watch the offensive line group, the more I like it. I think there's a, a couple of really good offensive tackles in this class. I think there's some really solid interior with the potential for more if Tyler B. Addis ends up coming out out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cardinals would be smart to use that number pick it an elite football player, whether it's Quentin Williams, uh, Nick Bosa. I'm going to have to really watch myself. I've been mixing these guys up, Nick and Joey, a little bit too much lately. So if I stop before I say the name, <laughs> that's why. Um, okay, I, I want to reward the people that are here with us watching. So I'm going to give another live take This one is from Orbit. Jim Nagy saying the Senior Bowl would get a Bison player and announcing it was Bruce Anderson and not Easton Stick was one of the best moments of this draft season so far. Watching the Stick Hive on Twitter boil over was glorious.
0: I'll tell you what, man. Jim Nagy is... uh, He's fun, man. He's not afraid to flex. He's my kind of guy. He's my (laughs) kind of dude. He will flex. I have... uh, I don't think... I don't think stick's going to be at senior bowl, even if we have a dropout or, or Daniel Jones doesn't come out. I think he's a little bit down on the pecking order. I think that was a big tease and, and probably in a lot of ways to bring some attention to Bruce Anderson, a player that he really likes as a running back there. So right. uh, that, that is uh Jim has transitioned wonderfully from, you know, a personnel guy scout to executive director of, of the senior bowl, but also developing that media presence and personality, which I think a lot of guys struggle with. Uh, and, uh, and how much and he's,
1: fun do you think that is? Uh, like, he's been big? behind the curtain for the with the Seahawks. Yeah. And he fi- they finally let him out. And, like, he he's, like, out. Yeah, he's a public figure now. And he's, like, he, he's a younger dude. So, like, he gets it. He gets this social media thing. And he scraps with folks. It's fun. He is fun. He's got to have a blast.
0: We have to get this tweet, this take in, because the skill has uh, both tweeted us throughout the course of the week, actually on Christmas Eve. And then he's put it in the, the comment section here. And I like this one for you. Oh, he's shaking his head already. Don't give it to me.
1: No, you're giving it. Because I'm going to hurt the man's feelings. Well, I, we, feelings.
0: I think the man would like your honesty, and so give it to him. Tariq Cohen is a better offensive weapon than Tariq Hill.
1: No. No. Listen, I like both of these players. Tariq Cohen was a little bit of a miss for me. I was like, oh, you know, like small school kid, juke juke, uh, joystick-type runner. Not really sure that translates, though, and boy, was that wrong. You know, that was one of those level of competition things. I'm watching him juke guys out, and I'm like, you can't do that in the NFL. Well, <laughs> joke's on me, because you can, and uh, I, I like the way they use him, and I think he's landing a spot that's really complimentary with a, a banger like Jordan Howard between the tackles, and uh, they get creative with him. They manufacture him the right kind of touches, but I think a guy like Hill influences so much in the secondary, and your boy Sammy Watkins, Joe. Sammy Watkins' absence. You, you're looking at me like I'm going to throw you under the bus. I'm not. I'm actually going to compliment Sammy right now. Sammy's missed a couple weeks, and you've seen the impact of this because teams have been able to key on Hill more. And because they're keying on him, his prediction, production has dipped. When you have speed in that Kansas City offense and you really stress vertically and you can stress with Sammy, and then you get Tyreek whether it's the, the in-breaking routes or the underneath stuff or the screen game, blah, 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 blah. That's when he really shines. So I think it's easier to manufacture the touches for Tyreek Cohen, but I think Tyreek Hill is the better weapon, if that makes sense. Let's see. Um, I, I had seen one up here. I'm scrolling up. So, producer, fill Phil, Phil about five seconds. Oh, yeah. Air.
0: Here I am filling five seconds of dead air for Kyle.
1: Oh, uh, Here it is. I found it. Okay. Matty Ice. Bears and Colts will both make their respective conference championships. Really?
0: Bears and Colts will both make their respective conference championships. Imagine saying that in August.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I tell you, nobody yeah, wants to play either in team. The top eight. No, no, nobody wants to play either team, and so I, I do get a little bit concerned about those teams not necessarily being very battle tested in in big games. There's not a lot of playoff experience uh, when you think about uh, both of those those organizations and, and players on their roster. Uh, but both, so I got to take the field, right? Yeah, I think it's just a smart thing to do is to take the field and say that there's a good chance that they both will not make it. Although I would not be surprised. I especially think, man. I'm kind of talking in circles here, but I don't think this is that crazy. I really don't think this is that crazy. Although I think I'll take the easy way out and say that I, I don't think they both will make it. All right. My turn to give you one here.
1: Yeah. I just got, I just got uh, blasted. P.N. Hit me Georgia? over the eyes. Who did you give the Browns in your mock draft? Riley Ridley. They're pissed. The Browns oh. fans hate me for it. Yeah, we're both tarred and feathered now. The, t- the take was analysts that mock a wide receiver to the Browns, and the first should be tarred and feathered. I gave him Nikhil Harry. You gave him oh, Riley wow.
0: Ridley. Well, we are blessed. We've,
1: bo- we've both been tarred and feathered by uh, PN. Okay. so unfortunate.
0: Let's go to LJ Cecil here, who says, If the Steelers are unable to clinch a playoff spot, which they, they did not, Mike Tomlin should be replaced due to his inability to win key Games and his horrendous track record against sub 500 teams. His nonchalant attitude doesn't cut it anymore. Kyle, should the Pittsburgh Steelers fire Mike, Tom, Mike Tomlin?
1: You can make a really legit case, but th- that's not how Pittsburgh does business. You know, like they've been a team that's consistently made the playoffs. They've had how many head coaches in 40 years? Three? Three? Three. Like they, they I mean, they just don't do that kind of turnover. And, and Pittsburgh, they don't have down years. So, when they have one, it's like the end of the world. And then everybody kind of recalibrates and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tomlin's record and the team's performance against sub 500 teams is concerning because they play down. It's frustrating. It, it, they are teams like the Jacksonville game this year, right? They're losing in the late third quarter, 17 and nothing. And they had to come back and win that game. I think they won it 20 to 17 on like a Ben Roethlisberger diving touchdown with less than a minute left. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of games shouldn't happen when you have Juju Smith Schuster on one side, Antonio Brown on the other side, Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball. Vance McDonald's like secretly a pretty it athletic, explosive tight end. Uh, defensively, they've got talent up front. The loss of Shaziers hurt them, and they keep drafting shitty defensive backs early because they're athletes. How about you take good defensive backs? I think that'd be a great start for Pittsburgh. But um, I did some concerns there, but I don't think to make a move.
0: Got yeah, some follow-ups on that because I think it's especially today with it being Black Monday. We've had eight NFL head coaches fired so far, um, and sometimes firing your coach is not always the best idea. Like some guys legitimately deserve it, but like moving on from a guy that you know you can win with a guy that's taking you to the Super Bowl, a guy that's had consistent success. I know that it's easy to nitpick like some of the things that are blunders and stuff, but like. You look at the 2016 coaching class. I think I saw a tweet that only Doug Peterson remains from the new coaches hired in yeah, 2016. 2016. 2016. Like, 2016. Like, yeah. It, I just. And there were, were six. There were six. So six. five out of six five have been fired. We yeah. got eight. We got eight. So in two or three years when we're we're looking back at the 2019 coaching class, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell. hopefully Dan Campbell is uh, on the hot seat in Miami.
1: No. No, that's the answer, though. I have a question for you. Yeah. This is my take for you. Oh, it's great. a question, though. So mm. I just, we just got that saying you can't ask questions have a question. Yeah, breaking your own rules. If you could think of two or three qualities that you must have in a head coach for him to be successful, what are they?
0: I mean, I think more and more we're seeing, and I think it's probably a product of our culture a little bit, society the way that it is, being able to manage a locker room, being able to – there's all kinds of different personalities. We're talking about professional NFL football players, being able to get the right mix of guys together, hold them accountable, maximize what they do, and uh, you know, imp- have, have have standards and and follow through, hold guys accountable. I think that's something that really really matters. Um, I, I think that really pops out to me. Would you ask for like two or three?
1: Yeah. Um, do, you want, do you want me to read read you my take while you let that simmer? Sure. Uh, I put this tweet out yesterday. From my perspective, successful coaches in this league that seem to have a few things in common. High-end ability to balance the personalities in their locker room. Big. Schematic flexibility.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't just do what you do. You have to be open. Stop
1: trying to hire coaches who think their way is the secret sauce. Yeah. That's the take.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. you got to be able to adapt. And uh, look at Harbaugh, look at <clears throat> Andy Reid. Guys that have had sustained success. Bill Belichick.
1: Go ahead. Your Go point. ahead. Finish, finish your. No, no I, I, finish. I, mean, I was take.
0: just – I'm shooting off the cuff here. I'm just thinking of different coaches that are long-tenured and they've done well. It's, they've had a lot of different things happen, and they've been able to adapt to not only the yeah. players that they have
1: but the trends of the league. Yeah. So we had to take at the beginning uh, Frank Wright, Coach of the Year, question mark. Go.
0: Yes. I'll no. get out. So he got what a weird situation. He wasn't the guy they wanted. He had to inherit both of his coordinators. Uh, Andrew Luck coming off of this injury, a, a team that we all thought was a bottom 10 in terms of talent, getting a ton out of these rookies, winning the AFC South where we said there could be three playoff teams and never thought the Colts were one of them. They didn't win the AFC South. They were a they were wild card. The Texans won it. But they still made the playoffs. We said three teams can make the playoffs from the AFC South. The Texans, the Jaguars, and the Titans. Well, lo and behold, the Colts are in. Ten wins. First-year head coach. Who's done more with less? Who's done more with less than Frank Reich?
1: Well, the, the listeners are very much here for Matt Nagy being coach of the year in Chicago. You, you're pissed. Go ahead.
0: I, I, don't, I don't want to sit here and be a Matt Nagy pessimist, but like he came in. He's got a great scheme, and he has a great defense that added Khalil Mack. Again, who's done more with less? Frank. My
1: my vote is for John Harbaugh. I don't hate that. The team completely changed their philosophy during the bye midseason. They had three straight losses to New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Carolina. They had less than 26 minutes time of possession in each of those three games. They went to the bye week. They replaced Joe Flacco with Lamar Miller, and they have gone five and one. Their only loss being in Kansas City in overtime. And they have averaged thirty six plus minutes time of possession in the last seven games after the bye. Well, let's not Who pretend like that?
0: well, let's not pretend like Baltimore doesn't have the best defense in the NFL.
1: Okay,
0: I'm just saying. To me, coach of the year, who's done the most? And the Indianapolis
1: the- Colts have Andrew Luck, so. Andrew, Andrew Luck reacclimating himself to the NFL. Yeah, it took him three weeks.
0: Three, it took him three
1: game weeks. Yeah, how much time did he miss? It took him three weeks. He's still injured. Oh, He's
0: still injured. Frank that's Reich
1: funny. is the coach of the
0: year. Anthony, and Anthony, people want to say, I respect what Anthony Lynn did, but or Los Angeles is the top ten in terms of talent in the NFL.
1: Now I'm just proud of you for having the comments up, so you can read the comments.
0: I always have them up, but I, I you yeah, didn't I, have them up I, the other I, week. I did. I just can't. I it's a lot to keep track of here, Kyle. And I'm just trying to say good know, things. It's overwhelming. That, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's
1: a lot to deal with there. Do you do you have one fair. more one more take to wrap up for you? Yeah, do you have a take for me to wrap wrap up? So, like a listener take or a, a commenter take or in my cat's butt's take since he's walking across. Yeah, I'll tell you, again. this
0: cat has been a big part of this it's podcast. Lovey
1: dovey. It's big. He's a big big love bug.
0: I want to give you this. It's not a. It's it's a question. I like this question specifically for you. Okay. Brian, this comes from Roadkill, eight two
1: three.
0: Brian Burns or Cleveland Farrell?
1: Brian Burns. Ooh, I that was quick. Cool. I've done them both. I've done them both. They're both blue chip prospects. Brian Burns is such a good pass rusher. And John Ledyard had this take like back in September. And I was like, John, like, why you always got to be contrarian, man? Like, just let it go. Like, he's really, really like Brian Burns is good, but like Cleveland Farrell's like established. He graded out as an elite prospect for me, Brian Burns. So, Brian Burns? Yeah. Really There's not good. holes in his game? There's not holes in Brian's Burn Brian Burns game? He's light in the trunk, but functional strength is not an issue because of his separation skills. All right. With his hands. He's long. I'm just mad that
0: you're agreeing with John. I know. I'm sorry. I know that's gotta hate. I mean, that's gotta look inside and that's gotta bother you.
1: A little bit. I tried to, that's why it's taken me so long to let it out. <laughs> and I've had this take for three weeks now. I just didn't want to. Uh Okay, uh, my last one for you comes for Braden. Just threw it in at the buzzer here. Julian Love or Trayvon Mullen? Mullen's an odd player, right? Because he he gets buzz from some folks in the industry, and I know you and I don't. We're not crazy about it.
0: I mean, I I I need corners that can flip their hips and transition cleanly, and being able to win down the field. Did you see that play like against? uh, It was in the game, the Notre Dame game. He, I think he's still trying to find the ball in that vertical route, man. He, he doesn't get tested very often, right? Like that's kind of been the tricky part about evaluating Trayvon Mullen is that he just doesn't get yeah, tested they very just often don't throw at him. And so you're trying to focus on like transitions and how much separation is he allowing on non-targeted throws? And you're like, I don't know people like him, but I'm not sure that he does anything dynamic. And right. I, I, I think that there are some issues with his, with his uh, fluidity, his transitions. I, I'm probably higher on Julian love. Cause he gives you some ball skills. He's a little more quick twitch, which I appreciate uh, those traits.
1: Folks, thanks for joining in. Monday afternoon takes on takes. What's better than a 12 12 o'clock Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash the draft network. If you guys tune in live, watch with us, ask questions, thank you all so much. Uh, No Orbit, you have a great rest of your Monday in the comments. If you're listening to this on Tuesday for Tuesday's takes on takes on draft news, thanks for listening. Hit subscribe. Come back and party. The rest of the week for us is going to be centered primarily around the rest of the first-round rookie quarterbacks. We've done Sam Darnold on Monday. We did Josh Rosen on Friday last week. So we have Josh Allen tomorrow, Baker Mayfield on Thursday, and Friday is Lamar Jackson. Really, really great slate the rest of the week. Please make sure you tune in listen. Get us back up as high as we can in the iTunes rankings. We got as high as I saw, 99, Joe. We were top 100 sports podcast last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it, right? That's how that song goes. Tim McGraw. Little 90s country. I appreciate it. There you go. Speak my language. Joe Marino at Grinding the Tape. Thanks for listening, Draft Dudes. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.